what it is, what's up, and welcome everybody back to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and this is the first episode of, I guess, season two of Faces and Feels. I finished up with episode 100. I had to take a little bit of a break for a few weeks there, uh, just as everything got sorted with my beautiful wife. Uh, She's had some health issues. We're all on top of that now, but that just meant, you know, taking care of her, keeping focused on that. Uh, While we were going through all of that, I recorded this interview with the one and only Bobby Beverly. He was so accommodating with his time and so understanding when, you know, we had things scheduled. I had to cancel last minute because things took a turn for the worst. But he's all about family and he was a very, very kind and gracious person with his time. So can't say enough to thank the Bev for his time. Um, And yeah, I just want to thank all of you for hanging with me. Thanks for waiting. Thanks for the overwhelming support uh, that I got over all 100 episodes that happened prior. And yeah, hopefully everybody enjoyed that episode with Schlack and it's tidied you over till now. So uh, before we jump into the episode... I just wanted to say that quick thank you. I also wanted to give a quick shout out to some people who may need your support uh, at the moment. So uh, I wanted to quickly mention Joel Bateman, one of the main minds behind Deathmatch Down Under. He's just got him back from his US tour, an absolute smash hit US tour, pun intended. Uh, And he's looking to go back, man. He's looking for sponsors. So if you've got something you want to plug uh, and you can find a way to support him and help him get back over so he can provide even more amazing deathmatch content and amazing matches with some of the best and brightest that America has to offer. Please find a way to do that. Um, He is definitely worth your time. You can find him on social media at the smash underscore hit. DM that man and uh, I'm sure you can find some kind of mutual arrangement going on. Uh, And then Also, My Man The Struggles, new show uh, from Expect The Unexpected Wrestling, uh, era of the unexpected that is about to drop. Make sure you check that out too. Well worth your time and well worth a look in. Without any further ado, I don't normally do all these kind of intro things. I normally just start with the interview, so I'm going to jump straight to that now. So thanks everybody for your time and on to the interview. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very special guest. This man is representing 440. He's known as the Deathmatch Enforcer. It is the one, the only, Bobby Beverly, a.k.a. The Bev. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Happy to be here. Happy to be on the show. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm happy to have you, man, and I, I just want to thank you for your time and your understanding. Um, it's been a pretty busy run for me up to this, and you were very accommodating, so it's really appreciated, bro. Oh, absolutely, man. I got two kids, wife, you know, it's always family first, you know. Yeah. Got to take care of you, your family, before anything else, you know, most important. 
absolutely real ass life is happening out here. So <laughs> we just got to help each other all get yeah. through it. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Man, I'm so excited to speak to you. Uh, you're the first member of 440 I've had a chance to speak to. And like you've just come off a red hot uh, weekend at ICW No Holds Barred and we're leading into like the Big Circle 6 show. So much to talk about. But before we jump into all that stuff, I just want to do that thing that I do on every episode and let's just rewind all the way to the start, yeah? So people start to get a feel of where the Bev is coming from. So when you think about uh, how you started to love professional wrestling uh, and you think about some of the faces that drew you in, who stands out to you, man? Uh, I mean, first and foremost, uh, probably Bret Hart. Bret the Hitman Hart. Um, So... When I was growing up, uh, I guess that would be like pre-Attitude Era, but it was right about the start of uh, Brett's single run, uh, singles run. And um, me and my dad, for uh, whatever reason, we were always into the WWF at the time. Uh, WCW, as like WWF would play play it up, you know, it was like the old guys, the has-beens. Um, so we always just felt like WWF had like a little more edge. Um, and that was like kind of our thing. And for whatever reason, uh, I just fell in love with Bret Hart, um, which was like, I fell in love with Canada and all this stuff. Uh, when, when I first started wrestling, I thought, oh yeah, maybe I'll be from Canada. Um, I don't know why it doesn't make any sense, but I'm a white trash man from Ohio. But, uh, but yeah, uh, Bret Hart stood out to me. Um, I don't know. Excellence of execution. Uh, the music, uh, I don't know, just everything about him. Even when he like was super heel uh, with Austin and Michaels, uh, still I was always tooting the, the Bret Hart horn, yeah, uh, waving his flag. Um, so yeah, flag. so definitely Bret Hart. Yeah, uh, this is like we we're, we're talking like you know the new era in your house kind of you know all that stuff yep. leading up to yeah yep. same so those were well, for me in australia it wasn't like live or anything like that so i could only rent vhs's and things like that so mm-hmm. as i started to get into it it was just hitting the attitude era so all the vhs's to rent were stuff like that you know those yeah. those pay-per-views near then the in your houses and all that stuff so when i think about you know my childhood in wrestling it's that same thing it's that glossy kind of bright colors and it's those guys it's like Bret Hart and it's Diesel and it's Vader and you know that sort of era and then that obviously leads into Stone Cold and then everybody else is dead to me at that point because it's all all Steve Austin I I, I, oddly enough like for some reason was never like the biggest Stone Cold fan I'm like super excited right now for this Wrestlemania and like what's gonna happen um but initially I I don't know I, I I don't know if it was like so going back to like, so you said like who, who were like the guys. So Bret Hart was the guy. And then I remember, and my time timing is like terrible. Uh, I don't, oh, sorry. I'm used I'll to probably just mix dates and I don't know anything, but <laughs> I can specifically remember ECW showing up on Monday Night Raw. And I'm like, what is this? Um, so, and then we also had like these little, uh, I think we might've had a black and white TV, maybe a little color one, but they were like these little miniature TVs almost with like knobs. And at the time uh, you could like tune the knob and steal pay-per-view. Okay. So that's how I would watch like the wrestling pay-per-views um, specifically ECW. Cause it would come on, I think at like 10 o'clock or something here was later. Um, so once I found out about what it was and I started tuning into that, um, I became a huge fan of ECW. Uh, 
um, mainly like, especially like the TNN era, because that's when like, you know, I was on TV and I really remember it. Um, but I can remember trying to like stay up till two in the morning, watch like hardcore TVs and stuff. Um, my guy was Shane Douglas. That's my all time favorite wrestler. Mm -hmm. Um, that's like the guy that really him and the product itself is what made me want to be a wrestler. Like I knew from a very young age, like this is what I want to do. I want to be a professional wrestler. Um, nobody had my back on that. Uh, at the time, you know, all the guys were six, six and jacked up and juiced up and everything else. So everyone just thought, ah, it's just a stupid dream, you know, stuff like that. Um, and it kind of, I don't know, kind of went from there, but, uh, uh, we, we can get into it at some point. I'm like, unless you want me to get into it now and how I, it went, you know, I became a wrestler. No, well, you just roll into Fred it. Hart, we'll, we'll, Shane Douglas, ECW. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we'll, we'll so, finish the thought okay. on, on Shane Douglas and then we'll, then we'll definitely uh, walk down that road. But ECW was so, oh, yeah. so important to so many wrestlers that I speak to, you mm -hmm. know, Shane Douglas, yep. uh, all those guys. And I think it was probably because, and you probably agree, is once you get to ECW, yeah, you're not talking about those giant you know titans and huge muscle band guys 100%. you're talking about guys that look yep. like us you know normal guys yep. but putting on a great yep. show yep yeah yeah normal guys going out there giving you everything they have you know blood sweat tears and a crowd that's just sucked in you know and and it's because of that realism i think that you know the the crowd was so so into it you know it was it was so believable you know everything you see on tv it didn't have that believability that that ecw did i mean you you just know if you get thrown through a table that that's gonna fucking hurt you know or you get hit with a chair it's gonna fucking hurt and you know i don't feel like WWF was really pushing that envelope until after ECW when they, you know, kind of stole that into the Attitude Era, really, you know, or, or kind of took what they were doing, and then, you know, there's the Attitude Era and, and whatever. Um, but, yeah, the, definitely the realism. I think that's what, um, not to jump too far ahead, but that's what makes Deathmatch Wrestling so popular right now. Um, I think people got tired of um, where, where wrestling was, like, like the athletics of it, the sport. Cause at one point, like when I first came in, like ring of honor was a thing and wrestling was transitioning and it was getting away from the body guys and was getting into like athletic wrestling and this and that dragon gate came over and, you know, everyone wanted to see these crazy matches and all this talent and skill. And I almost feel like people maybe got, I don't know if they got tired of it. Um, or maybe they just like, maybe with the pandemic, once the eyes got put on, deathmatch wrestling they were like wow this this is believable this is real i i could do this you know yeah. um so i think that has a lot to do with its yeah. popularity well right it, now, it kind of sure. changes it about like the i guess sort of for me like as as a fan or somebody that watches it the like i guess like adrenaline dump and stuff like that from something as realistic as deathmatch wrestling especially when you see it mm -hmm. live is like a lot more yeah. so because it's like watching a real fight, you know, whereas I know what you're talking yeah. about with that sort of athletic style where for a time there, it was almost becoming like you're watching a choreographed dance in, in a sense, like, and it's very impressive, yeah. but it becomes very cooperative, you know, between the two mm -hmm. opponents and that can yeah. take you out of it, you know? And I, I think as well with death matches, it, it doesn't really overstay its welcome and it can't. So it's sort of in and out. When you talk about something like ICW, uh, it's like the one promotion that my wife can sit and watch the whole thing with me because she doesn't get bored. You know what I mean? There's no big rest yeah. periods. There's no ongoing stuff. There's like yep. that technical stuff. She's like, she gets yeah, to say everyone a fight gets in for, there. Yeah, exactly. It's five minutes. Does whatever. what they have to do, tells their story and, and they're out. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Some fun music plays and fucking business is done, you know? And and meanwhile, yep. you're worried for everybody and your hands are on your face and it's it's kind of like this. 
car crash moment, you know? And so yep. I can definitely see that when you've grown up through the Attitude Era and, uh, well, I mean, the earliest stuff and things like that, as it gets into ECW, how it would start to catch fire and really light up your imagination to be like, hey, maybe I could mm-hmm. do this sometime, you know? Maybe maybe yep. this is possible. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think a lot of the fans look at it that way too. And that, you know, that's that's what pulls them in, you know, sucks them in for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. So how how do you then go about it? So you you've fallen in love with it, you're thinking about, oh man, I'd love to do it. Nobody thinks you really can. How mm-hmm. do you go about seeking training or, or starting to do it? Uh so it was always, uh, I guess, in the back of my mind, like I'm going to do this. Um, I, I was an I was an athlete, uh, so basically from the age of six to twenty, um, I guess I would consider myself an athlete. I played football and baseball. Um, I was a quarterback of my football team in high school, and I went on to uh, a small school um, for college to play football, um, which didn't last very long. Um, but I had that athletic background. I, I think I. Uh, I, I did love football, um, but I think I always loved wrestling a little more. I was like the guy on the team that everyone knew I watched wrestling, and I had a, a nickname, and you know, and we're throwing elbows and stuff. Um, so, I, so it was always there. Um, and then, so being a huge athlete and sports fan, uh, we had uh, the Cleveland Indians. Uh, we're now the, the Cleveland Guardians, but um, that would be my favorite baseball team. And uh, the channel that they were on had a local wrestling show. Um, we didn't have like a ton of local wrestling around me. You know, we, we'd get some, like, it would just be like live pro wrestling and be kind of like a mashup. It was always like Virgil representing the NWO versus <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Kevin Sullivan. And maybe the Bushwhackers were there, you know, yeah. some, some WWE uh, reject kind of guys, you know, and that, that was really what we got. Um, so I, I found this wrestling on TV after the Indians games. Uh, it was Cleveland all pro wrestling is what it was called at the time. And uh, so I, the internet's just kind of starting and getting going. So I looked them up and um, found out they had a school. Because a lot of the other wrestling I would look into, like for training, um, the schools were nowhere around me. Like I think there was like a pretty popular school in like California. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe like All Pro Wrestling or Academy. Or, I don't know. They sent me like a flyer and stuff, but nothing seemed attainable um, until I realized they had this wrestling in Cleveland. Um, and then even then, um, I didn't have the means to get there. Uh, like transportation. So I started doing like a little bit of MMA training. Um, there was a place locally that I could walk to and I was just like in my head, I'm thinking, well, this could translate to wrestling. So everything was always still kind of wrestling in the back of my mind. Um, and then I ended up joining the military. Oh, wow. Uh, once I decided I wasn't going to play football anymore, um, dropped out of college after about two years. Uh, even though like I was, college was fine. Like I, I, my grades were fine. I just didn't care for it. Um, so I decided to join the Air Force. Uh, did all like their all their pre whatever you have to do was waiting on uh, going to basic training. Basically, um, my my parents were like totally against it. They didn't want me to go. Yeah. So when I finally decided I wasn't going to go, I told my dad. I was like, "Well, I'm not going to the Air Force if I can train to be a professional wrestler." Because I never <laughs> really had their support on it. Yeah. They just didn't think it was like a thing, you know. Um, and he's like, "Okay, that's fine. Yep." Yeah, yep, no problem. So, so I kind of used that to like push the wrestling thing further. Started dating a girl who's now my wife, um, and uh, she would actually take me to training. Um, I got a hold of those people, Cleveland All Pro. It turned into uh, Pro Wrestling Ohio. Um, Johnny Gargano was actually my trainer. Yeah. Um, so we were. Uh, 
he was a couple years younger than me. Him and uh, Greg Iron lived together. Um, so I spent a lot of time basically almost living with them when I started. Um, more, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't so much as him as a trainer. We were all just kind of working together and learning. Um, you know, we were all young. Uh, and like I said, my, my girlfriend would drive me about an hour, hour and a half to Cleveland and sleep in the car while I would go in and train and then oh. come back. And uh, wow. it just kind of went from there. Yeah. yeah. So so you um, kind of began the journey of wrestling together, like she was supporting you right from the start, yep. really. That's amazing. Yep. One, yeah, 100%. She's still here yeah. 15, 16 years later. Yeah. yeah. Well, that That's an amazing Pretty story, wild. man, like childhood sweethearts, basically. Yep, and she actually uh, trained for a little while, oh, really? um, and then we ended up having our first kid. And I, re- I don't really want her getting into the business. It's it's done enough damage to me, um, probably damage to our finances and just different things. Um, yeah. You know, she's a good mother. We got two kids. Like, I'm glad that she gets it and understands it, but I don't know. Yeah. I really don't want her wrestling. Yeah, is it? Um, so she, she's a fan wrestler. as well. Yeah, exactly. It's risky enough as it is. So she's obviously a fan yeah. of wrestling as well. Then. Yes. Yep. Oh yeah. 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 I I think she's a bigger fan now than she was initially. Okay. Um, but uh, I mean, she started getting into like ice ribbon and all kinds of stuff. Oh wow. Cool. Um, yeah. a while ago when she started training, yeah. So she she definitely knows what's up, and she's pretty good actually. Yeah. Um, for for what she's been trained. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's that's awesome, man. Um, is she a fan of your deathmatch work? Not jumping too far ahead, but that's obviously something that I don't think so. Yeah, uh, my my uh, friends always uh, make well, a couple of them. Uh, we had like a collective thing in Indianapolis, and uh, they always remember a moment where they claim I'm out there bleeding, getting hit with tubes and everything else. And she's laughing. They claim like just laughing at me. Yeah. She claims she wasn't laughing at me. She was laughing at something else that she really gets nervous and worried. Um, so, uh, I don't think she's that big of a fan of it, but she knows how much it means to me. So she's going to support it, you know, and keep pushing me for sure. Well, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it it looks like she's supported you forever. You know what I mean? That's that's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. Like, uh, Oh, shoot, about a year before I, well, maybe not a year, but a little while before I joined 440 um, was when they initially, like, I think uh, came to H2O. It might have been Tremont's retirement, actually, so yep. a little bit after. Um, and we're watching it um, from home, and I remember her, like, specifically telling me, like, you should be there. Like, there's no reason that people shouldn't know who you are and that you shouldn't be there. And then it's crazy that a year later or whatever I was, you know, so yeah, it's pretty cool. Exactly. So, um. I get. I guess that's the logical next step. So you were obviously training with, you know, Greg Iron and and Johnny and and all that stuff. Is that? I mean, this is all the same area, right? This is where Eric Ryan came yeah. up, Ricky came up, yep. Atticus came up, all mm-hmm. within that same area. So you've known these guys forever, kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. So uh, we our school pro wrestling Ohio, and then there was another school called Mega. Um, 30 minutes away from each other, and uh, Eric trained there, Ricky trained there, um, Vincent Nothing, who's uh, you know, travels with us from time to time, and um, yeah, so Matt Justice, uh, who is probably my best friend in real life, yeah, um, also trained uh, with us, and uh, so it's it's crazy, like, all, all of us came from this Cleveland area basically, mm-hmm. started together. Um, Matt Cross, I'm obviously a little before us, but heavily involved with us. 
Um, even uh, I don't know if Josh Prohibition. I don't know if you know. Yeah, uh, his I name know who he is. Um, yeah. But uh, so all all these guys from this area, and then a lot of us were all involved in uh, what was called Pro Wrestling Ohio or Prime Wrestling mm -hmm. um, at one time, and uh, to see where we've all kind of went. I don't. I, I mean, I don't pay that much attention to know, but I can't imagine there's a whole lot of other areas with that number of guys that are all currently. Uh, I would say pretty successful, like in indie wrestling right now, you know, yeah. it's, and that longevity that like we've all stuck around, you know, like everyone else has kind of went away or never went anywhere. Here we are, you know, yeah. it's, it's crazy. It's, it, it speaks to like that solid foundation, right. Of, of friends who are in the right place at the right time, who will work hard and like lift each other up, you know? And then as a result, you, yeah. you it turns into a collective of, you know, of solid workers, I guess you'd say, or, or people yep. that are, are going to keep on going with it, opposed to like maybe a more toxic scene where people are just tearing each other down and as a result, nobody really follows through. Yeah, for sure. I think we all uh, came up um, in an era where it was like, it was difficult to uh, get over at a at a young age or, you know, young age, I guess, in your, your wrestling years. Um with that like era where like Ring of Honor was a, like the top thing and even like Shakara and stuff, those guys who were like the main guys were, I mean, they were the main guys and that was it. It was so hard to like bust in to that bubble and become, uh, you know, like one of those top guys. So I just think uh, that the camaraderie there, like you said, like us, us all just wanting to like be successful and be better um, and pushing each other. Um, you know, we just kind of continue to push each other through the years until we've all finally, uh, you know, broken through finally. Yeah, you know? exactly. It's, it's awesome to see, man. When you're starting with them and you're starting to train and stuff, um, were you always Bobby Beverly or did you uh, start under other names and things so, like that? So uh, wrestling, uh, I guess like when I started wrestling training, yes, Bobby Beverly. Um, but before that, everyone, even like, like I said, through school and everything, I was known as Rob Steele, okay. um, which I, I kind of stole from uh, Damien Steele from XPW because obviously if I'm a fan of ECW, I became a fan of XPW. And yeah. uh, so uh, through high school and everything, um, I, I used to, uh, I make jokes about it. Like me and my cousin would wrestle. Um, but we didn't really, we didn't backyard wrestle. We yeah. bedroom wrestled. Okay. Yep. We had those, like, we had like the Hulk Hogan wrestling buddy, like yeah. the million dollar man wrestling buddy. Uh, so we'd wrestle them or each other, um, you know, like in the bedroom at yeah. the, uh, everyone probably had one, the, uh, the HWF man, the hardcore wrestling federation, yeah, you know? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I was the real deal with sex appeal, Rob <laughs> F and steel. Okay. Uh, that, that was, Just, that was how it started. Lot. And yeah. then, uh, <laughs> but wrestling wise, it was Bobby Beverly yeah. for whatever reason. Um, I, so I started training with another guy mm -hmm. from my area also. Uh, I don't think he was really that into it, but for whatever reason, he was like down to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't know why, like the, the only thing that really hit like my brain was the Briscoe brothers. Like they were so big at the time. And then there was like the original Briscoes from back in the day. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, well, we're from, like, Cleveland, Shaker Heights. There was the Beverly Brothers. I was like, let's be the Beverly Boys, yeah. uh, you know, from Beverly Hills or from Shaker Heights, whatever, you know, and uh, terrible. And uh, <laughs> I hate the name Bobby Beverly, by the way. And um, <laughs> so from that day, it stuck. Yeah. I forget what he was going to be, like Billy Beverly or something, but he didn't last long. And yeah. 
Um, I've always been the I've always been Bev or the Bev, and I just never really uh, ran with it in wrestling till probably like I don't know four or five years, maybe even sooner. Yeah. That I really went with the Bev. Mm-hmm. Um, it was I don't know, just Bobby. I, everyone called me Bev or the yeah. Bev, but I never really used it's just it. Just one of those so. things, like in in wrestling, sometimes there's those nicknames and stuff that just organically come. You know what yeah, I mean? Like sure. it's it's not like a, a gimmick or something that anyone's picked up. It's just it's slowly that's just who you are, you know, and that's that's what it yeah. becomes. Yeah, exactly, which is really cool. Yeah, Tom Waller told me one time, like jokingly but serious, he's like, "The Bev is the worst name I've ever heard," and I was like, "Well, I guess that works because that's kind of what I'm going for." Like, <laughs> like you see this man with this hat, my my Leonard Skinner gambler hat, yeah. my tassels, the Bev. Bobby, all this shit. Yeah. And then when I take that shit off and beat the shit out of you, you're like, oh, wait, what, what, what's happening? It's, 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 uh, you got to see it to know what it is. You yeah. know, like I was watching a match on YouTube. Uh, I think it was me and John Wayne Murdoch. And I don't, I was watching it cause, uh, just recently, uh, we were traveling with Joel Bateman mm-hmm. the other day and he's like, oh, I seen that match. So I go, where'd you see that match? He's like, nowhere. It was just filmed. He's like on YouTube. I was like, it's on YouTube. He's like, yeah, it's on YouTube. So for whatever reason I put it on today and I hear someone in the crowd when I come out, they're obviously a fan who's never seen me or whatever. And I hear them talk to somebody and they go, what's his gimmick? And the dude goes, the Bev. (laughs) I was like, exactly. That's that's it, it, man. Once you know me, you know me, you know, like, (laughs) well, even when the, when like, 440 first introduced you like with the the vignettes and stuff and the 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 kind of thing if you're just walking down the street and stuff they're just like the bev's coming and there was no explanation and it's just you just like what's going exactly. on and like and, and everyone's yep. like i guess it's just the bev and that is kind of pretty amazing just in itself you know yeah like that you can't yeah, even describe sure. it you just need to see him and then you know what it is like that's that's yep, pretty cool exactly. in itself you yep. know um shout out to yeah. joel Bateman and i think i've well. came <laughs> even more into like my own lately. Yes. Um, you know, hundred percent. So where I don't know that you need a couple shows or a few shows to really get me. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you get me in the right environment and you watch and you don't know who I am by the end of it, I think you'll get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, oh, this is, this is what this is about. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. As the, the look and everything has developed and stuff, you know, like you say, the hat and the tassels, you came out with that white jacket the other day that was so yep. fucking pimp. Like it just like, no, I'm yeah. like, yeah, putting rubber bands in my beard. I don't know. You know, I'm just it's just, it's just kind of like obnoxious, but kind of amazing. Like all at the same time. Yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, exactly. It's, you just do you and just see where it goes. You know that. That's, that's what it. sets you. I got I got two it. teeth that I knocked out in a match years ago. Yeah, you know. Leave it. it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, uh, I I released episode 100 today with Slack, and he doesn't have his front teeth in, and it's you know one of the most striking things about him. You know what I mean? So yep. you know, just do for sure. Just do you, man. Um, when uh, yeah. when so when the Beverly Boys aren't working, um, how long is it before the young studs happen? Uh it was it was a couple years. Um. I knew Eric. Um, I want to say he started working with our Pro Wrestling Ohio company where I trained mm-hmm. prior to that. Um, it was just kind of like, there was like this so absolute AIW. I'm, sh- I'm sure you've heard of yeah, AIW. So um, AIW uh, had a had some guys leave their promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, they started a promotion called Firestorm mm-hmm. Wrestling. So that was like uh, Ray Rowe, who's in WWE now, uh, 
Eric of the Viking people, um, Michael Hutter. I'm, I'm pretty sure so some of those Viking guys that kind of is the name. I'm pretty sure that's the given. <laughs> what's that? I said I'm pretty sure that is the team name, the Viking people. It would actually be better than. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 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 yeah. So some of the guys left. They started this other promotion. Yeah, yeah. So AIW um, was kind of, I guess, looking for a little bit more talent, mm-hmm. and I was kind of torn between the promotions. Um, so. Uh, once AIW found out Firestorm was trying to book me, they gave me an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually started with another partner. Um, so I had a, before the young studs, mm-hmm. I was in a tag team called the franchise players, mm-hmm. which was actually, so the young studs existed before me and the franchise players existed before me. Right. So I was like added to each of these teams. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this tag team called the franchise players with this other guy. And uh, he was helping with the production for AIW at the time. So they let us tag at AIW and we actually did the new Beverly brothers mm-hmm. uh, briefly. We wore like the purple and the stars and yeah. it, it, it was pretty awful. <laughs> um, and Eric was in the other young studs mm-hmm. and his partner uh, at the time was walking away from wrestling or something, or they just weren't going to use them anymore. Um, and my partner kind of got like booted out of the company or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, they just, I guess it just kind of was a natural thing where they were just like, Oh, let's put Bobby with Eric. And it just, it fit. Um, I think the young studs, if no one really even remembers like the original young studs. So I, I think it would, um, uh, justify my in saying, I think it really, like it was better. I think, uh, adding me to the group and we started working with like faith and nothing, which is Ricky Shane page and, uh, his tag team partner, Vincent, nothing. He was Christian faith at the time. Um, and uh, those guys, like working with them, that really helped us. Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe and sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data. It's been pretty damn awesome. So if you want to give it a chance for yourself, if you want to try it out, if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN, just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free. Uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, which is pretty sweet. So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now let's get back to the interview. It was a couple of years and there was a bunch of stuff that happened to where then it's finally they put us together and it just worked at, uh, you know, we on off, never really like, we did like one little feud at AIW, um, but pretty much been together for shoot, probably at least 10, 11 years, I would say, maybe yeah, 12 well, years. Yeah, that's crazy. Forever. Exactly. It's still together today, which is <laughs> which is pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, I guess, why you were sort of the natural fit when they decided to expand on, you know, 440 and, and bring you into it. And I'm sure why your wife was probably thinking like, you should be there too because you're seeing Eric yep. and seeing all your friends and, and stuff. It's like, yep. it, it makes sense that it would be you, right? 
Yeah, yeah. Me and me and Greg essentially like living together for years. Um, you know, him and Johnny were my initial like traveling partners, and then me and Eric being a tag team. And there's even like this era where um, Ricky's partner left, and Ricky I think had an injury, and he was working his way back into wrestling. And I was in AIW, and him and Matt Justice were still just trying to like do more, and we were all traveling together. Yeah. Um. So. So at some point in time, all of us has history, like traveling and, and, and being together. So yeah, it, it was just a natural fit, which it's crazy. Cause, um, Matt was over at my house and he was telling me you're, I heard you're joining 440. And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I've never heard this in my life. Yeah, He's well, like, Oh no, they were talking about the show. And I'm like, I have no, I've never heard this. And then like a week later I got a call and they were like, Oh, I was like, okay, hell yeah, let's do it. You know? Oh yeah. That's it. So when you're getting that call, like, what kind of stuff were you doing? Were you, like, at Paradigm and things like that, I think I heard? You were, like, doing heavy hitters and... Yeah. Like yeah? Yeah, so, I was I was at AIW, um, but not, not like, I mean, I guess semi-regular. Me and Eric would still tag there from time to time, so, mm-hmm. like, so that kind of kept us together, but um, my main place was Paradigm. Mm-hmm. Um, that really uh, kept me, I guess... I wouldn't say kept me going. I worked a couple of local places, but it really like if there was any kind of light on me, it was at least from that. Um, they were on IWTV um, and uh, the guys that booked that really like would push me, um, made me feel valuable and really kind of kept me like wanting to get better and be better. Um, Matt Justice, like I have to attribute a lot to him too, because he would like just make me get in the car. I'm like, let's go. We're doing this. Like you're good. You're, you, you know, pe- more people need to see you. Let's fucking go. So he would, basically forced me to hop in cars and go um and paradigm was one of the places at the time while we actually tagged there for a while we we were called the lifers nobody knows this he was in gcw it's prior right before i joined four four nobody even knows we existed as a tag team that just beat ass for like two years (laughs) you know whatever but yeah uh i owe a lot to paradigm um i'm i mean i'll be there tomorrow um and and uh you know they're still uh one of my home one of my homes. Uh, if I don't think if I wasn't wrestling there, so being that I was at Paradigm, I ran into Ricky at I think one of those like collective gimmicks in Indianapolis, and uh, and that was the first time I'd seen him and talked to him in a while. I didn't even know that he knew that I was wrestling much at all, or at, or at all. Um, so I don't know if that meeting. I feel like if that meeting doesn't happen. He maybe doesn't even think to call me. Yeah. So. So I definitely owe like a ton to Paradigm for for really keeping me in there mm-hmm. and keeping a little bit of light on me for yeah, sure. Absolutely. When you get that call, um, the four four O call, how is that sort of presented to you? Because obviously they're pretty established at that point. You know, they've they've had the mm-hmm. the rivalry with Nick. They're doing the stuff with you know Tremont and just kind of running roughshod over independent wrestling to the point where they were yeah. easily the biggest faction heel stable, whatever you want to call it in independent wrestling and still are essentially, you know, since then. So that mm-hmm. that's obviously a huge opportunity for you at the time. And a friend calls you, how does that, how does that sort of go? I mean, it was just like an old friend, you know, giving you a call and you're just, just like, you, you've been, you know, like nothing's changed. You, you were just talking like, like you've been talking yesterday or the day before or every day for the last few years, you know, um, it's just casual really, you know, uh, um, the only, the only thing really that I had to even think about was, um, 
making sure that my wife was okay with the travel that was going to, you know, happen. Which was going to pick up. Because I yeah. wasn't traveling as much. Yeah, that, that she was going to be okay with that, that I could make that work. And that was really, like, the only, like, commitment that I had to make was, like, you're going to be willing to do this. And, and I was kind of hesitant because I'm like, are you sure, like, you want to do this? You sure you, you're calling me and you want me to do this, you know, because cause they're, they're so big at the time or yeah. even now, you know. And uh, and he's like, no, it, trust me, once once people get to know you, it's going to work. Like they're going to understand why we called you or why you're in the group, you know? Um, it's, and, and I feel like if you come in now as a fan, you, you're never even going to know that there was this time where I wasn't even there. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I fit in, uh, great. You know, like I don't, I don't, I don't even know what else to say. It's just, you know, perfect really. Absolutely. I I think you definitely filled uh, a piece of the puzzle that wasn't, you know, occupied in 440. And it's kind of awesome to see as well, man, because you're talking about guys that you've been friends with forever and they're they're doing really well at the time and they see an opportunity to maybe expand and then they reach out to their friend. You know what I mean? They're like, we can bring yeah. him into this and, and help sort of pick up his career as well because they believed in you and that yeah. that's humbling and that's awesome. And, yeah, it, it must have been yeah. so huge for you to... That, that's like the one that. thing I would always say is he just he goes, I know what you can do and how good you are. I want other people to see it. And that's why I want to bring you in, you know, yeah. you know, they could have called anybody, you know, they could have called somebody way more known than me mm-hmm. and, and probably they would have joined the group, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It shows you how, how good of a friend he is and the other guys are, you yeah. know, to do that. Exactly. Um, was the decision to bring you in directly because like Eddie was out for a while or were they always like planning to just like expand because obviously the more members they've got as well it means you know like if ricky's over here he can kind of be you know sort of have mm. back up and reinforce over here and atticus is doing something over here somebody can be with him or vice versa you know that kind of stuff like um no it no it was a direct relation to um eddie being out yeah. uh mm-hmm. whatever the plans were at h2o there was there was initially plans to have a certain amount of guys, uh, five yes. guys or whatever it was. Well, I mean, at one point so, you guys take all the titles, right? So that it's kind of at that right. point they yep. need a tag exactly. team, right? And so young stuff yep. is the obvious exactly. choice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and that's a wrinkle they never really had was a tag team in four four zero. You know, yes. or or even like the like an enforcer type either. You know, so I definitely like you you said I filled I definitely filled a role that was uh, needed occupied for sure. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was basically because he was going to be gone. They needed it there. And he was like, let's just see how it goes everywhere else. You know, like, we'll, we'll talk about it, pitch you. And if we can bring you, let's bring you and let's do it. And nobody said no to me coming in or, you know, GCW or anybody. Uh-huh. Um, so it just naturally, uh, it fit and worked great. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Now that that's killer. Um, the deathmatch enforcer thing, it's really cool, obviously, a new moniker that you started going by. And it, to me, it fits straight away. Like, I see you in that mm-hmm. role in the group, you know, the, the Arn Anderson to 440, you know, to the Four Horsemen. I can, yeah. I can see that, you know. And so it, it must have – did that just click for you or was that something you've been working over for a while? Um, It's something that's been in my head for a while. Like, I've been, I've been like – I've always essentially been, like, the enforcer – Four 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 zero. Like since yeah. I've been brought in, like I'm yeah, I'm the awesome. guy that if anyone 
gets out of hand, you know, we're in a multi-man match, someone gets out of hand, they need taken care of, they tag me in, they say, you know, Bev, take care of this guy, you know, yeah, do yeah. this, do that, you know. Uh, someone needs to put in this place, they tag me in, you know. Um, and, and even even on the road, I feel like I'm that guy, you know. If, if someone steps to us, I'm going to be the first one to step up and get in their way and be like, hey, you know, leave my boys alone or whatever, you know. Um, and even tagging with Eric all these years. I felt like I, I was still kind of that guy, you know, if Eric needed it, he knows he just had to give me a look and I was going to take care of business, you know, yeah, yeah. Even, even Ricky, it's funny, me and Ricky, uh, we, we were a tag team once, um, years ago and we were called Ricky Bobby, uh, you know, like, <laughs> yeah, like Talladega yeah. Nights, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I want to revisit. I've been telling him we got to get the jackets, you know, like yeah. the Ricky Bobby jackets yeah. or whatever, like we'll get like the Wonder Bread I'll jackets or something, it. you know, yeah. um, I, I think we're going to, I was like shake and bake. I think we yes, agreed on our tag is. name. Yeah. You know? yeah exactly. um, That's money right there. That's but yeah, we, we were literally <laughs> just called Ricky Bobby and, uh, and we were working these guys and, and we were kind of worried about it. He's like, Hey, if it gets out of hand and I give you the nod, you know what to do. I was like, sure. And I got the nod and we took care of business or whatever we had to do, you know? Um, so it kind of started years ago with that. Um, and then, you know, and then just tagging with Eric and everything. That's just, always kind of been my role um and then i think it fits me uh deathmatch wise too um i think once you start to watch me and get to know me at least i hope um the thought when i come out to wrestle is that someone's about to get hurt or yeah. fucked up you know what i mean like you know it's it's on right now like here come this match is going to be hard hitting um and someone's going to get messed up yeah you know? no it is man so. you, you swagger in with the tassels and stuff and take off the hat and then it's all business you know um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It um, it, it makes sense for four four zero as well. Obviously, um, they get like a lot of you know adverse fan reaction in a lot of places. You know, they're doing nicely things. They've got fans throwing stuff at them, and it can be can be to use the term shoot. You know what I mean? I've seen people getting yeah. in their faces, like yelling in their faces, throwing stuff. I know Greg's had to put hands on people. Uh, and things yep. like that, you know. So it makes sense as well that they like would want you there yep. too, because I mean, you guys are sometimes walking in like this is actually a fight. Like that's how yeah. hot it yeah, is. Yeah, I mean, that's what know? I'm saying. Like yeah. it, it translates yeah. from the ring to real life. Like I think I've always kind of been yeah. in that role, so it's just it's perfect. You it know, just made sense. I just didn't know when to like, I guess debut it or say it. Yeah. You know, I kind of was asking around like, what do you guys think? Does this sound good? You know. I, you know, because I kind of thought like ultraviolet enforcer because I, you know, was a big fan of like CZW and all that stuff. And, and I was like, no, I think Deathmatch Enforcer. I was like, all right, let's do it. And yeah. Like I, so like right before the match started, I just told Larry like in the ring, I was like, hey, say this, and he did it, and it seems to have caught on pretty good. So, yeah, yeah, straight I'm, away. I'm the Deathmatch Enforcer now. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I like it because it, uh, it almost sounds like it had always been there. You know what I mean? I was like, has yeah. he always been called that? Like, <laughs> something I hadn't yeah, realized yeah. how new it was. My wife's obviously known about it. And as soon as I come back, I already got a text. She, she's like, Deathmatch Enforcer. Yeah. Everyone was saying it. I was like, hell yeah. yeah. Catching on. Absolutely. That's awesome. Um, speaking of uh, enforcing and being, you know, a physical presence and stuff like that, I feel like since you came back and joined 440 and stuff like that I, I feel like i've seen a physical transformation in you as well like i feel like uh you've leaned up and almost gotten bigger at the same time and things like that you've been really taking that stuff a lot more serious as business mm. has picked up as well oh yeah for sure um a lot of it's confidence too um yeah, okay. i've always struggled with confidence which I, I think a lot of people do you yeah. know 
um, my whole career, I struggle with being confident of, you know, feeling like I'm even should be in the ring. And, you know, I constantly have my friends and everybody and colleagues would, you know, tell me no, you know, the opposite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know what it is about uh, the death matches, but um, something about them gives me confidence that I don't have normally anywhere else. Uh, something about the pace, the way I can be in control of the match, um, maybe just even the violence and how it fits into what I do. Um, I, I just, I have that, that confidence going into a death match. And I think that's translated into, um, you know, my, my body language, uh, my motivation to get in better shape. Um, I, I see like almost like a light at the end of the tunnel now with death match wrestling. Yeah. Um, I, I personally want to be the absolute best. And I've only been doing legitimately doing deathmatch wrestling for about a year. Yeah. And I I don't think there's any limit to um, where I can go um, from the experience I have. You know, I, I've taken my 15 years of wrestling, and I still go out there and wrestle and tell a story. But I just add the deathmatch element to it. Yeah. And it's worked extremely well for me. Yeah, absolutely. Now, uh, it must have been must have been a bit of a transition, but it's always so cool to hear when that cog turns, you know, that switch flips for somebody when you're like, oh, wait a second, I can take everything that I've known for this time and now I can just do that this within the bounds of this arena where things are different yep. and I'm factoring in these weapons and I'm looking at these things and I'm working within the chains and stuff like that and it just, like, all the puzzle pieces start to fit for you, you know, like, and yeah. and you can see it, like, and you can see your confidence growing and you can say, and like you say, the... What, what's the limit, you know, like you can take it all yeah. the way to the top. Was it uh, when you did join 440 and obviously you're with a group that are predominantly deathmatch wrestlers, you know, uh, were you like, oh, am I, I going to do that? Or did they, you know, ask you about it? Or was it something you were interested in? How did that go, the transition into doing your first deathmatch, essentially? Um. So I, I knew the moment that I joined the I was going to get to do death matches, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which w- ex- was extremely exciting for me. Um, so I've been a death match fan pretty much since my entire life, since I've discovered it or whatever, yeah. you know, started with ECW, XPW, uh, CZW, um, FMW, IWA mid South. So it's something that I have wanted to do my entire career. Yes. I mean, I'm, it's it's the absolute one thing I wanted to do and that I'm in love with when it comes to wrestling. What's stupid about me is uh, I've never – I don't even think to this day I've ever sent an email to a promoter about a booking in 15 years yeah. asking for a booking. Yeah, It's one of those confidence things, I think. Uh-huh. So my friends always got me booked. You know, It was like, well, okay, so I'm riding with Johnny or Greg or Ricky or Matt or Eric or – or whoever, you know, they, they'd always help me get booked. And then once I got booked, usually I'd get my spot. And then from there, you know, I'd talk to the promoters or whatever, but I never was, I never sent out emails, you know, asking for bookings or anything like this. Um, so I never really had knew what Avenue to go to get into deathmatch wrestling, even as like Eric started doing it. Um, and, and Ricky was on the top for a long time. Um, I still didn't really approach approach them to try to get into it because it just wasn't something I did or you know I, I didn't approach people yeah. for bookings and things like that mm-hmm. um and I should have mm-hmm. uh for sure but uh, I never did so 
once I joined Full Row and I knew that opportunity was coming, I was like, there is absolutely nothing that's going to hold me back or stop me. Like from day one, Deathmatch Wrestling, I am 100% in and I will, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be successful at it. Um, and it's, and it's what I'm going to do for the rest of my career, hopefully until I can't, you know, I'm, I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, I saw what I think was your first Deathmatch or whatever, or at least the first one I saw like as a member of 440 or whatever. And, I just thought you were like another Eric Wright. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, this is another season pro that I'm just not aware of. Like, I, I would yeah. have even known that that was the case. Like, there's no yeah. hesitation. There's no anything like that. You were ready to go. You could, you could tell that it was something that you, you know, yeah, you'd been passionate. I've played about. around with yeah. stuff. Yeah, and and I kind of transitioned the last few years before four four zero into like hardcore, more just doing hardcore. Like there was a point in my career where I just like decided like I'm gonna finally be me and do what I want to do. Yes. Um, and I'm gonna brawl. I'm gonna do hardcore, and I'll figure out ways to fit it into my matches because it's what I want to do and it's what I want people to know that I do. So I, I kind of started that. Um, and then then I got the opportunity for death matches. So it's really just. It's really just doing the same thing I feel, but adding props, yeah. um, different props, uh, more dangerous props. <laughs> yeah. But I, I constantly, even even now, um, am asking guys that I respect um, and that I know have been doing it longer than me, uh, what to do here and what to do there, and like how to use this thing and how to use this safely. Um, just constantly trying to learn, and you know, I'm not afraid to say that I've never used something in a match, you know, if like, Oh, this is something they give us to tell someone, well, I've never used that. What, what do, you know, what do I do or how do I protect you? Um, so I'm not afraid to do that. Um, and, and I'm just, I just, I'm not afraid to, to take anything. I think, you know, like you said, like Eric Ryan or whatever, I'm hundred percent all times, you know, I, I think guys get hurt a lot more when they, when they do hesitate Absolutely. or, or, you know, you could tell maybe they get scared or something, you know? So. Exactly. When you, when you're like, half into things and you don't go through and you pull back and yep. stuff like that. I could see that being very risky, you know, like especially yep. when breaking glass and things like that, like you would need to yeah. be committed to the entire process. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely, man. Um, I had mentioned to you off air um, about the most recent ICW No Holds Barred. It was obviously a huge weekend of shows. Uh, absolutely unbelievable. Uh, my, my countrymen, and friend Joel Bateman obviously went in there, debuted for ICW, um, defeated Reed Bentley, became the new American Deathmatch champion, and then um, then we went on to the match with you and uh, Tommy Vendetta, which for me was like the Bev match where things sort of fell into place for me, and and I really got it, and and I think probably a lot of people felt like that, and even yourself in a sense, you know, with. Mm-hmm. the deathmatch enforcer thing and all that, it just kind of like went click. And I went, Oh man, that was, that was our match. Do you have any thoughts thinking back on that match um, about how it all went for you? Did, did it feel that good? Like, could you tell when you were in it, you're like, this is, this is something right now. Uh, yeah, for sure. When I came through the back curtain, I was so fired up. I remember I'm just yelling, you know, like, yeah, like, fuck, yeah. Like, that's, you know what I mean? Like, I, the boys are just sitting there, and I'm just fired the fuck up. I remember, like, the pin and getting up and just getting fired up because I was like, this, I really enjoyed it. Like, like this was good. Like, Vendetta's a kid that um, he, he's probably been death match wrestling as long as me. Um, maybe not as many bigger matches, um, but wrestling way less than me. So he's got uh, so much 
potential. Absolutely. Uh, you know, and and even with that, like when me and Reed Bentley have wrestled and stuff, I tried to still, I try to still work a match in there, like and tell a story. You know, I don't, if, I don't know if people really paid a lot of that much attention, but like there's moments like early, like I go to set a bundle in front of them and I have them fire it back at me. Um, so I eat the bundle so it doesn't work. And then later in the match, you know, he goes for a knee and I pass it by and I hit something, but then he comes back and hits the knee. And then finally at the end, I get the bundle and smash cause he's two down. And, you know, so we told, yeah. even people don't realize that we, we were telling a story in there, you know, and, and he was right where he needed to be for everything. And yeah, I was, fired up afterwards like it felt really good you know absolutely and that's what it is right it's still telling those stories and those are the ones that stand out those matches you know where where it all plays out where it's not just stuff being thrown around there's something going on exactly and then i try to every 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 match i'm out there i try to tell some kind of story out there you know not just it's not just swinging weapons and near falls or whatever exactly and i mean you're on like you know the the biggest deathmatch company in the world uh i think at the moment it's pretty safe to say i mean gcw is moving away mm. from deathmatches and stuff now and i know icw yeah. is probably one of the top you know independents on iwtv and stuff like that so yep. you're in there and you're standing like you haven't been doing it that long and you're standing there with some of the best in the you know the world so it must feel great to do those shows and it's no wonder you're totally fired up for it <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it's seeing the, some of these guys that I've been watching for years, and then being able to go out there and feel like I'm their contemporary, um, and can do it at the level that they do it. It's it's just it's crazy. It's yeah, it's it's the ultimate rush. Yeah, the ultimate rush. Yeah, that's that's so cool, man. When um, then the the entire weekend finishes up with. Uh, the number one contender match. Uh, it's uh, your boy Eric Ryan versus the Duke John Wayne Murdoch. Uh, Eric defeats John Wayne. Then he calls out Joel Bateman. Joel Bateman gets in the ring and then he manages to defeat Joel Bateman, becomes the new champion. And then I loved how the deathmatch enforcer was right there, ready to get his boys back. He'll be the first person he saw when he got out of the ring. It must have been an awesome moment for you and Eric as well. Like to to celebrate yeah, the yeah. crowning of him, especially after I mean he's just been through surgery and stuff. Like, geez, mm-hmm. the, the, I can only imagine how heavy it's been, you know, for him, and to then get to that moment must have been pretty killer. Yeah, and there and there's other and there's times when he thought I think that he thought maybe that he was going to get that title too, that it didn't happen. Yeah, um, and he's been through you know he's two time back to back king of the death. Mm-hmm. Um, so so winning that belt, I know how much it meant to him. Mm-hmm. Um. And it means to me for him to have it. Um, yeah. And I remember before he goes out, I try, I, you know, he probably doesn't even remember because he's worried about the match. If I pull him aside and, and I just tell him, you know, I look at him in the eyes and I tell him, you're the best fucking deathmatch wrestler in this country. Go out there and take that fucking belt. You deserve it, you know? And he goes out there, they, you know, kills it back to back. They tell a great story. Um, and uh, yeah, I didn't want to come in the ring or nothing. You know, that's his moment. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to be uh, the first person on the floor to just let him know, mm-hmm. you know, that he's the man. He got his back, and then I got the fuck out of there. You know, let, yeah. him, let him have the stage. You know, yeah. So it was, it was, it was awesome. It was yeah. awesome. It was awesome. And I felt like as well, for me, um, it was maybe the most fired up he looked when he came out. You know, I felt like leading up to you know when the injury was revealed and stuff. You know, those kind of matches looking up, he sort of would would come out and and he wasn't really there. 
I guess, you know, mm-hmm. like like in his yeah. eyes, you know, and now that we know about yep. the injury, like he, he, he was obviously very preoccupied with stuff was going out. But when he came out at, at that show, like it was a different Eric Ryan. I could tell straight away. Yep. I was like, this is a guy mm-hmm. who's here to win, you know, and it... it I just knew traveling with them to the show that this that you know was different that you know he he was ready he was into this he was focused you know he was dealing with so much Mm -hmm. for so long uh with his injury and and lack of sleep and different things from all i can only uh, imagine man yeah i just knew he was ready you know this was going to be special you know exactly i can i can only imagine what it's like to be dealing with an injury in both hands at the same time you know what I mean? That's like yeah. your, your entire yeah. world, especially when you're a wrestler. He must have been thinking like, am yeah. I done? Like, am I finished a, yeah. as a wrestler? This is a thing that I've worked yeah. out my entire life. So it's it's such a huge story of like overcoming something really scary. Uh, and to, mm. to get to that moment, I, I think it was it was really cool. And he got to share that moment with, with you and, and with Joel as well coming through. Like what a debut for yep. him for like – two days like talk about making a splash in the usa <laughs> yeah and, he, and he's the best i got to spend a little bit of time with him. we were going to spend more time um but uh some stuff come up we couldn't but uh, i got to spend some time with him a little bit of traveling he's just awesome yeah. he's a great guy he's, great he's dude. just such a so, genuine so guy he was great i get to meet him uh in person in april for the first time he was like the first wrestler oh, i ever interviewed yeah. like you know a, a year plus ago That's great um and yeah i'm super excited to get over there alex cologne's coming over like to do their um Hell you know, yeah. not here to fuck with spiders. Alex is the man also. Yeah, exactly. Hell he's yeah. he's awesome. So I'm so excited to get over there and meet them all and, and be a part of it, man. It's going to be be really killer. Um, I guess, guess as we start to wrap up, bro, I really want to talk about the Circle Six stuff because that's coming up this weekend. That's what's next on, on your agenda. Obviously, Atticus has left GCW and is sort of striking out and really pushing this and you're going to be a part of it. It must be pretty exciting mm. to be you know, starting the ground floor of something new with, uh, with a close friend doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and I, and I think we have, uh, all of us have a vision, um, of this becoming something special and, and I, and we hope so. Um, especially like for me, um, I'm going to be featured, uh, in a type a death match, which is fantastic. Um, so big thing for me, um, we obviously like we had a, the GCW run was pretty, it was special. You know, yes. we built up Huge. two years of stuff and we ended with this war games match. That'll probably be remembered forever, especially with that match wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really didn't get to showcase anything myself. Um, even a guy like Eric Ryan, who's the fucking king of the death match, maybe the best death match wrestler in our country. Mm-hmm. Didn't really get to showcase that a lot, you know? So I think for us, um, this is like, this is something special that we want to happen that we want to be a part of that. I think we're all going to get to show mm-hmm. what we're all capable of, what makes, what makes four, four Oh so good and what we do everywhere else. But we really didn't get the opportunity to do it. GCW, I feel, you know, and that's nothing against UCW. They have so much talent there, yeah. you know, and, and we built to some really cool stuff, but um, I've never even got an opportunity to do a death match there. And I think I would have killed it, you know? So um, I think this is going to be special for, the 440 boys and and a lot of other people that are you know wanting to i guess get that stage you know and, and show everybody what it's all about and, and build something together um that's i think what circle six is what we're really trying to do is everyone's trying to build something together that an environment that we can all embrace uh you know that
that, that we all enjoy coming to and then go out and put on these killer ass shows, hopefully. Yeah, and I, I think I heard that Atticus was saying on Greg's podcast that they really want to focus on stories, you know, like uh, telling yeah. stories and like an ongoing narrative and, and stuff like that, which is, which is really cool. That's the stuff I like. I love the, you know, the little yeah. moments and the details and, and things like that. So yeah. it, it caught my interest immediately that that was going to be a big focus for you guys. Mm. Yeah, and, and the show looks. I, I think the show looks great, and I think that's the one thing we did at GCW is we told stories. Yes, that's what Four Four always did there, and that's what made everything. You know, RSP Spring Break War Games such a big thing is because we told such a good story. You know, so um, if we can do that at this promotion and everybody can tell stories, I think it could be special for sure. Absolutely, you know? man. Absolutely, I can't wait to see it. It's going to be killer. So what's next for the Bev, man? Where's uh where's everybody going to find you? It's going to be Circle Six. It's going to be ICW No Holds Barred. Uh, always at Paradigm. It sounds like anything else. I'm forgetting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, so we got Unsanctioned Pro, um, which uh, does you know puts on a great show here in uh, Ohio. I'm gonna be with them there in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, um, I don't wrestle in Ohio a ton, so I'm hoping to do more with them. Um, maybe back in AIW at some point. Uh, Horror Slam, I've been there a lot in Detroit, Michigan. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, I've told Danny uh, at No Holds Barred that you know that's that's my place, and I'm 100% ICW. Let's do this shit. So hopefully, I'm um, always there. Um, and let's let's hope this Circle Six thing becomes you know a huge thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's catch awesome. me at those places, and I'm ready to fucking do it. Absolutely, always, absolutely. And where do people find you on social media, my man? Shit, I don't know. I'm real bad at that shit. Uh, Twitter. Uh, Twitter's Bobby Beverly. Uh, my dog's barking in the background right now. She's a pug. Pissed off about uh, the social media as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, my Twitter's Bobby Beverly. Um, Facebook, don't worry about it. Just Bobby Smith. Uh, good luck finding that. Um, no, I'm real bad at that stuff. That's something that I want to get better at. And that's something with like Circle Six too because the people involved um, are are, are good at that kind of stuff. Um, I, I need to get better at promotion, promoting myself, um, the merchandise game, all that kind of stuff. I've always kind of lacked in. Yeah. Um, so I guess that's kind of a goal for me too in the future is uh, to get better at that, you know, Absolutely. for sure. Um, get more eyes on me, you know. I think once people, like you said, they get it, then I've got them, you know, they're sucked in. But uh, getting them to see me so they get it, you know. That's it. Um, it's not easy. It's the hardest part of sure. any of this stuff. I fucking hate social media, bro. And it's yeah. like fucking, you know, 90% of what I have to do with the podcast, you know, post all the things and all the groups yeah. and stuff like that. And it's so exhausting. This part's the easy part, yeah. you know, like it's the, right. it's the actual promotion and stuff that's the hard part. But man, your work speaks for itself. Your work ethic speaks for itself. Uh, I can't wait to see what's next for the Deathmatch Enforcer, man, because you're out here killing it. Hell yeah, I appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. No uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I hope all things go well for you, man. And uh, you. keep in touch with me for sure. Oh, I definitely will, dude. It's uh, It's been great getting to know you. And I, yeah, I can't thank you enough for your time. So for everybody out there, for the Bev, for 440, I guess, and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. 
You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G. Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence, follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's, and buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence, I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. <laughs>